All right, so today we've got a lot of great stuff. And I and I mean that. A lot of really good topics for the audience to cover. And I think they're going to get a lot of takeaways. So if you're watching or if you're listening to the show today, it might make sense for you to grab something to write with. I certainly do. I got a new Montblanc uh, Blanc pen for my good friend, Benjamin Ryle. So Ben, appreciate the, the pen again, my friend. 40 is a big milestone. Happy birthday. This, this is a great, great gift. And I love what you said uh, in the text. I said, so just for the audience standpoint, so good. You guys can get a little <laughs> behind the scenes. I'm texting Ben. I'm like, hey, thank you so much for the pen. It was a great surprise. He's like, yeah, dude, I can't have you showing up on this podcast with a 50 cent pen anymore or whatever you said. I thought it was really funny. Yeah, with a you know $40,000 Rolex and a 50 cent pen. Come on, those what's, don't what's go wrong together. With Bic? There's nothing wrong with Bic. That's right. That's right. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with anything, right? Yeah. So I'm going to power through today's episode. I've got this little cold or something happening. So for the audience standpoint, just bear with me. I will do my best to uh, limit the sniffles, I promise, but we'll power through. All right. So let's jump into this, gentlemen. Um, the first, I think, really good topic to talk about is something I think a lot of us don't cover in great detail that we need to, which is what is the... If you boil it all down, all right, we're talking about essentialism here. If you if you just rip everything apart and you ask the question, what is the number one factor in deciding if a real estate agent is going to succeed or fail in this business? What's the number one thing? And you could debate it probably, but here's where I stand on that. I believe it comes down to character traits. Hmm comes down to who you are, not what you do. And here's how I'll tee this up. We are, we, this industry is obsessed with the latest tactic, the latest strategy. How do you get leads? I put in chat GPT this morning. What are the most um, frequently asked questions from, from real estate agents? And well, I guess I can show you guys. Let me pull this up. It's amazing that... Let's see if I can pull this up. Let's see. Oh, there we go. Okay. So. Here it is. Sorry that took so long. Uh, but number one was um, lack of, or you know what? Hold on. Let me go back up. Where did I even go? Um, frequently asked. Okay. How do I generate leads, right? That That's the number one question that this industry has that we are absolutely obsessed with. That's all people talk about is lead generation this, lead generation that. However, I think every single person would agree with what I'm about to say, and that is this. There is a real estate agent in every single market across the country, across the globe, that is succeeding in every tactic or strategy you can think of. Now, how can that be true? What What is the common denominator. Uh, Colton, you talk about it all the time, like, or, or what's, the, what's, the, what's the variable? Well, the variable isn't the tactic. It isn't that open houses works better than outbound prospecting or working by referral only is better than buying internet leads or door knocking is better than direct mail. No, not all of it works and we can prove it. There's an agent in every market that's succeeding in all of those tactics or strategies. So then what is it? 
It's character traits. Because here's the thing, gentlemen, and, and I think Define you guys appreciate that for this, us, Brandon. Yeah, I, I will. Um, the reason this prompted me to talk about this on today's episode is we just got done doing an eight-week YouTube agent um, workshop for the agents mm -hmm. in our coaching uh, community. And it's the first time we've, we're, we're starting to teach them some inbound marketing stuff. And lo and behold, the same, the exact same challenges that they were faced with with direct outbound did not get solved through this tactic like they thought it was. Because yeah. on one hand, Ben, you've got an agent says, well, I'm uncomfortable making outbound calls. The same agent saying, well, I'm uncomfortable getting my rear end behind this camera and hitting record. Well, then it comes down to character traits. Do you have the discipline, the focus mm -hmm. to push through the pain anyways? Do you have, is it is it your character to stay consistent that you could do something day in, day out without getting instant results? Because it doesn't matter what the tactic or strategy is. That is a character trait that is needed for one to succeed. And so when I say character traits, Ben, that's what I mean. It's, yeah. it's the intangibles that are driving the results. It isn't what we do. It's who we are that mm. decides if the person's going to win or not. That's my thoughts on it anyway. I love that. I love yeah. that. You guys have absolutely no thoughts on that whatsoever. <laughs> I was, like, was going to let Ben go. I've got lots of thoughts. Go for it, Ben. My mind is just spinning. I mean, you look at people that switch industries and that's why people succeed in one industry and the other, right? It's because it's not the vehicle, right? That mm -hmm. that's getting them there. It's who they are, right? It's, it's everything from the actions. Um, right. I, I had, you know, I, I, I've heard Alex Hermosi talk about the ladder, right? You've got character traits, right. And being a huge part of it. And if you're lacking in anything, whether it's skills, character traits and remind me what the third one is um beliefs. I have it written down beliefs say it again beliefs yeah beliefs thank you like any one of those wherever you're at you're gonna really lag right and and character traits is often the biggest one we get so stuck like you're talking about on the what the skills the what and we leave out the fact that if you don't show up doesn't even matter how yeah, I don't know what to something. do. I don't know what to do. I don't know this what to do fallacy is the thing that gets in the way of most real estate agents going out there and actually building a big business. Because mm. here's a question that I was challenged with that that my coach uh, actually, yeah, Steve Chandler brought up and is so good. I love this. This is the, you know, I don't know what or I don't know how to do it fallacy. He says, ask this question instead. Instead of saying, I don't know what to do or, or I don't know how to do it, ask this or say this or think about this rather. If you had to do it, meaning yes. if you had to get a listing you know, this month and it was life or death, what would you do? And then people start to come up with this whole list of things. It's like, wait a minute. I thought you didn't know what to do. I thought you didn't know how to do this. You know exactly what to do. But it's the fact of you're just not doing it. And that is a character trait thing. It isn't a tactic or a strategy thing. Because what, what requires, what somebody, in order to succeed through direct outbound prospecting is the exact same thing it takes to succeed on YouTube. 
It's the exact same thing to succeed door knocking, direct mail, working referral partners, building a brokerage, building a team, recruiting, being a financial planner. It's all the same. But people have a tough time looking in the mirror. They want to, when they look out, all they see is windows, just finger pointing. And Colin, you and I well, talk about that a lot. Well, let's talk about how how did this even happen? How did your character traits even become your character traits? And so the the reason I believe the fact of what you just said is true is because it's as if I'm looking for a prop. I don't have one. It's as if your character traits are a pair of glasses. And they're they're mm -hmm. like the 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 orange tinted glasses in which you view the world through. And so when you're viewing the world through the current character traits you have, everything is going to look orange. Everything is going to look the way it is because it is so close to you. You are your character traits. Everything you see is that. And so what we need to do to begin to change these character traits is to begin to not just, you can't just take the glasses off, but you need to create some separation between who you are and your potential and the character traits you've gathered, right? And they've been gathered from as you grew up, you know, as, as a child, a teenager, and into your adulthood, your observations of the world and the people around you and who you looked up to. And unconsciously, you've began to pick those up in your in your mindset, right? And then through that, because it's it's so close to your face, you, you didn't start to notice that that is now how you act. And so first you picked up your character traits, so first you, you know, became who you are. And then with your actions, by seeing through those orange tinted glasses, it has reinforced those character traits. And so now your character traits are reinforcing your character traits. And so we need to begin to create some separation so we can start to consciously choose new character traits and then start to act from there. And that's what takes the glasses off is by designing new character traits, becoming aware of the old ones and acting mm. in alignment with the new ones. So essentially you just, you just teed up this book, be your future I need to self buy that now. book. I just, just released, right? It's unbelievable. Wow. You, you, the both of you and everybody else should get this book and you should listen to it. It's really good. Let's, mm. let's go deeper on that. So be your future self now by Dr. Benjamin Hardy for the audience sake. It's a great book. You can get an audible or uh, audio and I got the real book. That's what I do, by the way. If I go through an audio book that I love, then I get the physical book and that's how they end up on my shelf. Mm -hmm. So he talks about in the book, essentially uh, uh, this, this principle that most people live, most people's current self is a reflection of their past. And he says, if you want to create a bigger future or, or you, you, you can have your future be bigger, that will alter who you are today. This is be to have versus have to be. Mm -hmm. In order to have what it is that you say you want to have, you have to become somebody different. It's a being, doing, having. Be, mm -hmm. become the person, right? Do the actions, behaviors, attitudes that we're talking about right now, to have. But That's everybody right. lives the exact opposite is I, this is what I want, and I have to have these things in order to get those. That's a victim mentality. That's a victim mindset. Instead of saying, well, I can be disciplined today. I don't have mm -hmm. to wait for anything to happen. I can mm -hmm. be focused today. 
I can have grit today. I could say no when I want to say yes. I can fight urges today because that's what I want to be in the future. I could be that today, which then allows me to do the work necessary, which as a result, get me. it, it will allow me to have what I want in the future. Yeah. That's the, the framework. And one more, uh, one more cool thing that makes me think of that is whether consciously or consciously, who you're being today is projecting who you're going to be and the results you're going to have in the future. And so you can look at that as if you're, whether consciously or unconsciously, imagining and creating your future by who you are today. So, so we can probably agree that the way you think, act, feel, believe, essentially imagine is what creates your future. Right. Yeah. So if That's imagination the creates about. the future, well, look at this. When I when I heard, somebody told me this, when, uh, who was it? I think Jesse Elder. I, I heard this from Jesse Elder, and it gave me goosebumps. It like totally view changed the way I look at things when I first heard this. So imagine you right now, imagining is just your future self remembering. What if your imagination were your memories from the future? Mm, right? That's really good. And so and so like when imagine remember the last couple months of your goals and 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 what happened to you well whether consciously or unconsciously that was yourself back then imagining where you're going to be today. And so that's right. your imagination is just your future self remembering. And it's just And like, that's ooh. why like I, I all three of us are are big sports guys, right? But you look at like downhill skiers, they're going into a race, right? They are sitting there with their eyes closed. They're doing this little jazz, right? They're visualizing themselves going down that track because your mind cannot distinguish the difference between I've, I'm imagining doing it versus I've already done it, right? So exactly what you're saying, I think about what are the, we, we talk to ourselves more than anybody, right? So what am I telling myself every day, right? Am I telling myself why I can't do things? Or am I going to tell myself why I am this type of person, right? So not yeah. like, man, every time I get on the phone, I just get, you know, people are telling me no, right? Or I just can't, you know, I always show up late, right? Versus you can, whatever character trait you're trying to improve, you can look into your life and find at least one time where you did that well. And then just yeah. start to, like you're saying, reinforce it. Tell yourself that you're that type of person before you are so that you can become that type of person. Yeah, and, and I'll put a, a bow on this topic and then we can move on if you guys want, unless you guys have anything to add. But you know, instead of looking externally, I'm not winning because of this, mm. that, or the other thing. I'm in the wrong market. I'm at the wrong brokerage. I don't look the way I should look. Uh, I don't have the right lead thing, right? I don't have this, that, the other. Just turn it inwardly because none of those things matter because there's somebody succeeding in your market at your brokerage doing all the tactics and strategies. So yeah. the consideration is to consider maybe for once, for a lot of people, maybe you're the problem. That's right. That's exactly what I'm sitting here thinking. Yeah, mm -hmm. maybe if you just look in the mirror, don't get so caught up in, should I do YouTube? Should I cold call? Should I door knock? Pick one. Mm. They all work if you work, right? Mm -hmm. that That's the reality. So, and, and, yeah. 
So what I'm thinking, what you're saying, because if you take a hundred percent responsibility for where you're at, what you are, where, what you want to be, right? That means with where you're at, if you don't like it, if you take a hundred percent responsibility, that means you are the one in control of changing it, right? If you don't take responsibility, if you are that victim, then you're putting it on somebody else being in control of your destiny, not yourself. Yeah. And and that's what that's I mean, again, the reason why we're talking about this in today's episode is to help bring aware or uh, help to bring some awareness. Self-awareness is step one. Self-awareness mm-hmm. is something so important for somebody to change. It's to say, am I behaving in a way that is external or internal? Am I suggesting to myself that the reason why I am not successful is because of some external factor? Or is it me? Am I the variable? And that's what we're, that's in our experience what it is. It's we are the variable, you know, again, because there's so much evidence that just look around. Everyone's succeeding in a bunch of different things. And if you aren't succeeding in that same thing, is it reasonable to believe that you're the problem or that you're the variable? Go ahead, Cole. Yeah. You look like you're itching to say something. Well, no, just to tie that up is like, I think there's a difference between responsibility and blame. Like, like taking an example of, let's say, you know, somebody hit you and you got into a car accident, you got really injured, right? Well, maybe they're at fault, they're to blame for the injury, but you ultimately have to take responsibility for how you move forward, how you allow that to carry you for the rest of your life. So even if external things have happened, right? you still have to take responsibility in owning it and and moving forward from it rather than living in blame. Yeah. And, you know, we talk a lot about that in our, in our uh, mindset training a lot that what you just said of things that happened to us that we had no control of over and bad things happen to great people all the time. You know, Mm -hmm. circumstances, things happen or occur in one's life. And there are plenty of examples of people that have had terrible things happen to them. And as a result, they do great things. Mm. Plenty of examples. As many or maybe even more that, you know, and I just posted something on my Twitter uh, yesterday. You know, I get the question all the time is, you know, it's like, well, why do you work so much? Why do you work so hard? Why are you always working? I don't know if you guys saw this or not. But I I responded with, um, and I'll just read it just because I don't want to mess it up. But I just said, So after working with my therapist, and this is real, I finally have an honest answer to that question. And I said, it's not healthy, but I'm trying to heal from the pain of growing up in poverty. Success Mm -hmm. is the only medicine that makes me feel better, right? And so that's like night and day difference for my brother. Same upbringing, same exposure, same everything, totally night and day different uh, results. Mm. So So what... I mean, if, if I can, I'll share a, uh, have you heard the Chinese farmer story? Yes. Yes. No, tell me now I'm excited. So like exactly what you're saying, right? You are in control, whether something's good or bad, right? So Chinese farmer had a horse and it ran away. Right. And this guy comes to him and he's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. This is such bad news. Your horse ran away. And he said, bad news. Good news. I don't know yet. Right. We'll see. Mm. Okay. So two, day, two days later, the horse comes back and it brings three more with it. Okay. They're like, oh my gosh, this is such good news. 
He goes, good news, bad news. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. So now his son is, is breaking the horse. Okay. So he's on the horse. He's training it. He falls off, breaks his back. Okay. Guy comes to him. He's like, oh man, I'm so sorry. This is such bad news. He said, bad news, good news. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Mm. They go to war. They come to his door, right? And they knock on it. And they, they say, we're taking everybody's sons to war. Your, your son is, is injured. He can't go. Somebody comes to him. What great news, right? He goes, bad news, good news. I don't know. We'll see, right? So the, the point is it goes on and on. And, and we don't know if the fact that we just lost this listing is good news or bad news yet. We have mm. to, we, we have to see, we don't have that perspective. So if we go into it and we're constantly trying to prove to ourselves based on past experience, current experience, whatever, that this is a really good thing, bad thing, then we will justify why that is. But if we go into it with more of like these character traits of I'm going to keep moving forward and we'll see how this shakes out. I think we, we all end up in a much, much better spot. They're just circumstances. Well said. That, for the audience, that will be cut up into an Instagram reel, just so you guys know. Good job, Ben. That's some fire <laughs> content. And the thing is, what that reminded me of is like binary thinking, you know, like all or nothing thinking, black or white thinking. Mm. And like, it reminded me of the fact, like in our world of sales, right, that yes lives in the land of no. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable because people yeah. just want the people don't want they want to make a sale, but they mm -hmm. don't want the rejection. Mm -hmm. And it's like you can't have one without the other. They yeah, come you can't have as a night package. without day. Yeah, you cannot. You can't have good without bad. You can't have night without day because you're right. Like if it was sunny or if it was raining every single day, call it a thunderstorm every day. That's all you knew. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't say today's a bad day or a good day. It's just another day to your point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, so good. Absolutely. All right, Absolutely. let's move on. Uh, I think we beat this to death and hopefully people get it. Just take some <laughs> responsibility, put in the work. But uh, yeah, Ben, what do you got? So uh, something I wanted to really talk about because I hear it a lot talking to, to, to newer agents, as do you, as do Colton. And it was just something that was kind of top of mind for me is having unrealistic goals whether it's in the new year, whether it's being new into the industry. And, and as I've kind of reflected on this a little bit more, um, I don't want to tell anybody what's possible or not possible, right? So um, I kind of had a couple different points, but kind of changing it from unrealistic goals to unrealistic expectations, okay? Yeah, you're so, talking about false hope syndrome. Can't wait, mm -hmm. go ahead. So we'll something I had written down was just um, planning fallacy, okay? If you've heard of this, it's like everyone underestimates just in our human nature, we, we are positive. We want to uh, think things are, are going to turn out great. We over, um, we over our skills. We, we just over anticipate our abilities, right? So everything we do, whether we, sh we shake out or plan out, often it's going to take us three times as long, right? So that's one thing. When, when we come in, we're often underestimating. It's not that I'm trying to tell you that, hey, in your first year, making $500,000 is, is not possible. 
It's the fact that maybe you're, you're not doing the amount of work necessary or, or you don't have an, a good idea of the amount of work and the amount of time it's going to take. Let me jump in right there. That. So this is what this is exactly right, Ben. So check this out. This is what I just wrote down. This has to do, and we, yeah, you're right. We hear this every day, right? A, a real estate agent gets their license. This is when their optimism, their uninformed optimism is at its yes. highest point, right? They just can yep. see across the tunnel. This is what I want. I'm so excited. I'm going to get rich. I'm going to do whatever. The question is, well, it's not about what you want being right or wrong. It's a question of what are you willing to do? Exactly. It isn't that 500000 is a problem. It's not a problem that if you make 500000 in your first year, that, um, <clears throat> that the fact is you'll be in the 1% of the 1%. We aren't yeah. saying that that is not possible. That's yeah. not the question. Everybody mm -hmm. wants that. Right. This is not. It's not a lack of. I want these results. Get it Absolutely. in line, motherfucker. There's no difference between no people. Difference. Everyone wants to do that. It Everyone comes down to the question: What are you willing to do? Yep. And the doing dictates the outcome. That's so that, what we're saying. That was my point too. Was hunger right? It just to touch to that point. So a question I often like to ask people is. Okay, you want to make Brandon, you said $500,000 in your first year. Is that right? Yeah. So, let me ask you something. If you make $400,000, is that a problem? I'd be ecstatic. No, that'd be great. Oh, really? Okay, cool. So, um, what if you made $200,000? Be amazing. Is, is, so, $200,000 would not be a failure. No, I'm only making 40 now. Okay, so so, so a hundred thousand dollars, like, just let me know, like is 50 or is a hundred, like, when does it become a problem? Yeah. I mean, probably less than a hundred. I think that's an issue. Okay. So just so, just so I understand, like if you make a hundred thousand dollars in your first year in real estate, are you going to be, are you going to be happy? Is that going to be okay? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, cool. So is, is a hundred thousand dollars, like what's going to help you get from a hundred to $500,000, right? What's the difference if a hundred's where you need to be? Well, I guess that's a good point. Yeah, and people are, give you all kinds so, of answers, I'm sure. Yeah, so it's like, we, we gotta have something way bigger, right? Than just, I wanna make $500,000. You yeah, gotta right. really it, be attached to something outside the money. Well, ahead, and too, we, we kind of, not to get off of what you're talking about, but just to foreshadow kind of with what I was wanting to talk about, you're, you're focusing on the wrong thing, right? So there's two parts to this. When you're setting a goal, when most of the times when people setting a goal, they're doing what you just said. They're kind of setting a um, a targeted hope, right? Like yep, it's, yep. It's, it's more concrete than like, oh, if I could do this, it's a little more concrete, but they're still open to the failure. And so they need to do what's called make a decision, right? And what that mm. means isn't just, yeah, you decide, the root word of, I can't remember how to pronounce it, it's like decare or something where, where it stems from means to cut off, mm, right? right? So to cut off all other options and possibilities. And when you're just focusing on that big thing, the $500,000, the new house, the new this, the that, it's hard to then, uh, you know, be able to commit to what goes into accomplishing that. And so 
we'll, we'll get into my topic next, but you, you, you need to decide and cut off at any other possibility and focus on the right things. That's yeah, right. and I think Brandon we're, says we're standard all the time, right? The standard. That this isn't a matter again. Goal setting gone bad is simply focusing on the end result. When yeah. goal setting, with, with all the studies now, we all know that it isn't. I mean, again, we don't live in a society or a world where there's a lack of ambition. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea around goal setting is, you know. Um, like this is the outcome I want. That's like step 0.1. The people that actually achieve the goal, and this is backed by lots of psychologists, is those people are can envision, kind of going back to what we're what we talked about before, doing the work that leads to those results. Because mm-hmm. it's a question of what what do I have to do and that be the goal? Because watch this. I'm gonna see if any one of you two can do this. All right. So without moving, staying put, okay, increase your heart rate. Go ahead. Is it up yet? Ben, Colton? Oh, you can't do it, can you? You mm-hmm. can't, can, look at Colton trying. That's awesome. Uh, make your You're make holding your, your breath over there? <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, why don't you make your uh, pancreas work a little bit better? Go ahead. Let me know when you got it. You can't. Ooh, it's an outcome. Yeah. But what we could do, if the goal, Ben, is to increase heart rate what are the things that we can control oh that's right get up move jumping jacks go for a walk go for a run exercise lift weights that needs to be the focus that's something tangible that the mind can wrap around am i making traction or not when it's just an outcome and we haven't tied it to any type of action that is when we fall into frustration where we feel like we're on the hamster wheel we're not getting closer we're not making progress and people quit yep. so the, the last thing i had under this was exponential growth right so you will never change your life until you change something you do daily the secret of your success is found in your daily routine 100%. so so instead of focusing on that result we're focusing on exactly what you said the daily activities every single yeah. day. So something that, you know, an illustration that I think is so cool is we we focus so much on these big, big goals. I want to make this amount of money. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then we give up so quickly when we don't see evidence of what we want to achieve quick enough, right? So not to give too many stories today, but everybody knows the Okay, Colton, do you will do you want a million dollars today or do you want a penny every day doubling for 30 days? The penny. Right? Yeah. We all know that, right? But yep. I think what's really really cool to look at, which just ties in so well to character traits, right? Let's talk about prospecting, making videos. If you do the penny doubling every day for 27 days, you just stop three days shy. You're you're extremely short, right? So all of a sudden, instead of a million, which you could have gotten, if you do it for 27 days and then quit on the doubling, you're at six hundred and twenty-seven hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Okay. What if you just do it for ten days? All of a sudden, you're at five dollars. 
Yeah. Isn't that crazy? You do it for yeah. 10, yeah. that activity for 10 days, right? So you're at $5, you do it for 20 and then you quit, you're at 5,200. But if yeah. you do it for 30 days, you're at 5,300,000. Dude, it's, it's the best story of all time. That's why one of my best favorite books is The Compound Effect, which Darren yeah. Hardy has a chapter and a half to that very thing. That's why we see agents that in their second year, they don't have to work any harder to double the results. It's the agent that makes 20 conversations, 20 contacts a day, every day, 240 times a year, and does that the second year. What the new agents doesn't understand is something called pipeline maturity. It's the compound yes. effect of contacts. Yes. Is that you don't, you, you, it's hard to track this, it's hard to grasp this idea. But people you're talking to today might not convert for six months, nine months, 12 months, 14 months, 18 months. And so the agent that does call it 20 deals in their first year, by having 20 conversations, the same output of, of, of energy, of work, can result into 40 transactions in their second year, Damn. can result in 60 transactions their third year, not working any harder, but simply because the compound effect is working in the background, to your point. Yeah, yeah. well, 100%. Well, you, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. You. No, I was just going to say that you built out the million millionaire blueprint right? Yeah. You can do 30 contacts a day for five years. You'll be at a million dollars a year. GCI, That's you right. know, depending on your, your average cost and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's, it, it just gets, people want to make it in two days. They want to be a millionaire, right? But it takes right. that time. And if you give it the time, you overestimate what you can do in a year, but you often underestimate what you can do in three, five, 10 years. Yep. That's exactly right. So let's talk about identity, right? Well, and shifting that identity. Go ahead, Colton. We kind of already talked about that earlier yeah, with the character have. traits. So my little rabbit in the hat that I'd like to talk about that I think plays on well with this entire discussion and what Ben just touched on is goal setting systems and actually tracking and measuring and monitoring our daily incremental progress towards those goals. Um, and just maybe an example I could share with something that I've built that allows me to stay focused on my goals and tracking the right things every day and kind of how to do that, right? Similar to what we're talking about with the compound effect, Atomic Habits, another great book. So if you guys are open, I'd love to talk about that and, and share some examples. Let's roll. Cool. So with kind of what we talked about, I mean, obviously setting the goal, it, like Ben was talking about earlier, we if, unless we make the decision right? We got to cut off all other options. And so maybe Brandon, to start this off, why don't you talk to us about some of the important things agents should be tracking on a day-to-day -day business for their, you know, their success in, in accomplishing their goals? Like, what do you think are some of the most important things that they should be tracking? Yeah. Number one is time spent prospecting. Number two is outbound dials. Number three is contacts made. Number four is leads generated. Number five would be appointments set. Number six would be appointments met. And number seven, listings taken. I mean, it's that straightforward. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. And I can go on about that real quick. I just, the goal setting process has got to change. It has to be based on things that we are in control of that take care of the result. And if you don't do that, the result will never happen for you. Go ahead. I digress. What are your thoughts, Ben? I think you nailed it. That was something I had 
for 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 our, our previous topic, but it's okay. Let's if you do want to make five hundred thousand dollars, that's fine. But let's map it out. Let's build yep. a business plan. Which Brandon, that's the first thing we do in coaching with you is build a business plan. So now, okay, let's look at it. Okay, it it shows us that you need to spend four hours a day. You need to make forty contacts a day, right? 50 contacts, 60 contacts, whatever the goal is. Maybe it's 10. Now let's make a decision. Is this actually what you want? That's right. Yeah. It, it's it, it's not a matter of what you want. It's a matter of what you're willing to do. Yep. So yeah. if if you, you, you can't say my goal is to make 500,000 and have five contacts a day. That would be mm-hmm. an example of cognitive dissonance. Yep. That what you do is so out of alignment with what you say you want you are leading yourself to misery. That is how agents end up quitting the business. It, because their goals and their actions are so far outside of alignment because they haven't answered the question, forget about what you want for a second. 500,000, 200,000, 100,000, fine. Give it context. What does that mean in terms of what you must do yeah. On, a day, on a day-to-day basis, and that be the goal. The yep. goal is to have 27 conversations today. That is how we decide and answer, did you have a good day today or bad day? Right? We talked about that. Well, how do you know if your goal, did you make $500,000 today? No, it doesn't happen that quickly. So we have to have something that the brain can latch onto that is evidence that it is, in fact, making progress towards the goal. And that is actions. Yep. You guys with me and, on that? And beyond that, like we talked about, so that's that's one side of the equation for your business, tracking the metrics and the day-to-day actions for your business. But like we talked about earlier, a lot of people even know they need to do that, but they're still not doing it. So I'd like to talk about what to track on the personal side of things on a day-to-day basis that allows you to turn into and, and have evidence for yourself that you are the type of person that can do the second thing, right? So Brandon, if, if I could, just to share an example, um, I'd like to share my screen here. I might need yeah. your help with that. Let's see how, <laughs> how we do. Let's see. Oh, that did not work well. No. We, we got that audio. Out of it was like a rabbit. It was like a robot just came on, took over your audio. All right, well, maybe I won't be sharing anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. So tell us what you were going to show us, though. Well, just essentially a, 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 an example of what this could look like and some of the things you can track on a day-to-day basis. So I guess I'll just kind of go through my, my list. Um, and this can be something in as simple as a spreadsheet, right? The system I kind of track a lot of my stuff on is something like Airtable. Um, and so you can kind of then start to gather that data, see averages, visualize it with charts, right? And, and the other kind of side note I'd like to make about this is because every company in the world, uh, social media wise, right? Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, they know more about you and your unconscious habits than you do. Yeah. Yeah. They really do. And so what I'm about to take you through at first glance, especially for me, when I first started doing this, it's like, man, this kind of seems like a lot. Like, I don't know if I should do this on a day-to-day basis. But then I thought to myself, well, if all these other companies value my attention and my data so much. Why shouldn't I? 
Great right? Point. Why can't I spend the five or 10 minutes a day to track what's important in my life when these billion dollar companies are using it to make money off of me and you? And so just then as, a, as an example, and, and this is something Rob Dyrdek talked about. I, I love Rob Dyrdek. Growing up watching him as a kid and, and now seeing some of the things he does, a lot of the things he talks about in his interviews and some of the things he tracks um, are obviously his time. So mm-hmm. he, he's pretty intense with it. He breaks it into a few different categories. So how much time he spends with work, with relationship, with family, and with health and fitness. And then he he tracks to the minute every single day those things. And then his ratings. So on a scale of one to 10, how do I feel about my life? How do I feel about my work? How, right? And so similar to that, I start to track every morning. How do I feel that morning? Like what's my energy level that morning? And then in the afternoon and then in the evening. So I can kind of gauge throughout my day. And then from there, what if you're tracking like the things you're working on, the people you're meeting with, you can then start to see how that's affecting your energy and your focus throughout the day. So that's that's one thing. Um, another thing, like I mentioned, relationship, your mindset, um, getting pretty granular with it. What time did you go to bed? That, I was going to say the same thing. Up? Yeah. yeah. What time let me just, let me pop in right up? now. If if there's somebody listening to the episode and you don't have an aura ring and you're not tracking your daily sleep, I think that's a huge miss. Yep. Number mm-hmm. one on the chart for human performance is sleep optimization. Period. End of story. I digress. Keep yep. rolling. No, that's that's spot on. And then you know you could start to see, man. You know what? Because the next part is kind of like tracking what you're eating. You know, how many calories you, you, you ate today? What were your meals? So I log my meals. I, 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 you know, I log my meals, right? How much water did you drink today? How many steps did you get today? And so dude. that's what, that's one side of it. The health and fitness. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, dude, we're on, we're, we're totally on the same page. Like that's what I was getting ready to people to show is like my little, my step tracker, you know, and yep. that I call it the vital few analysis. That if you were looking to get X result or X outcome, what are this is a process of subtraction, not addition. Mm-hmm. So, what are the vital few things that if you do them will absolutely lead to the result you're after? Using weight loss is the easiest thing or, or muscle gain. And I haven't, yeah. I mean, this is just human performance, but there's five vital few, right? For me, it's sleep. It's, it's tracking the sleep, right? Eight hours of sleep, 10,000 steps a day. It's 2,000 calories per day, tracked. 200 grams of protein, tracked. And then four uh, workouts per week. Everything else is a distraction. And we live in a world of ma- uh, weapons of mass distraction. That's where we live. And so it's a process of everything you're doing outside of the vital few, just delete them. Get rid yeah. of them. Yeah. You could break, pull it down to these things that you can grip onto and you're in control of. So Go ahead, ben. I'm like you guys obsessed with tracking and it's what we're talking about, why you're tracking your food, your sleep, all these things. It's because what we track is what's important to us, right? Yeah. What we keep an eye on is what's important, right? You, you've heard the look at somebody's calendar and that'll tell, tell you what, what's really important to them right? Yeah. So if you have money problems, start tracking it. If oh, you look dude. at it every yeah. day, yeah. 
I guarantee you'll 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 solve it, right? But if we ignore yeah. it and we just expect a different result, then we can't fix it. So what tracking did for me, and Brandon, you're the one that got me into tracking. And when I first started coaching with you, and it's something that's just spiraled probably out of control. But um That's your but, analytical personality. Yeah. That you, but, but that you refuse does, to come clean about. You can come clean on the show if you want. <laughs> well, that'll be our, our confession podcast next week. Um, okay. What it does for me, though, is it we often your identity, your beliefs, whatever, like <clears throat> character trait, we're often just distracted by the emotion. I don't feel good today. Like, and you want to look at all these excuses, and then you go back to the data, and it's like, well, Brandon, you don't feel good. You're out of a whack. It's, it's the only reason is because you didn't walk. This is what you need to do to feel yeah. good. And you, dude, you're at 2000 steps for the last three days, right? So it's That's just right. black and white. What gets measured gets improved, period. You want to improve yep. any area of your life, to Ben's point, just track it. It is a statistical probability that if you just pay attention to it, you will make better decisions. Period. End of story. You want to spend less money? Every dollar you spend, write it down. Guarantee you spend less. You want to eat less? Do the same yeah, thing. Yeah. You want to make more calls? Track it. So on and so forth. And the opposite. If there's a habit you're trying to break, you know, like if you want to stop eating this thing, if you want to stop this bad vice you have, if you want to stop whatever, track that. Every time you do it, man, you don't want to. You don't want to hit that button. Or the opposite. Like, man, I. I'm glad I, you know, it's been a week straight. I haven't done this, this vice or whatever it is. And so track the negatives too and stay on top of those. Yeah, that's no, great. The other beauty is, is change blindness, right? So when we're in it, it's hard to see the improvement that we're actually going through. Yep. But if you can take a step back and actually look at the numbers and be like, holy cow, like, yeah, I'm looking in the mirror. I don't feel like I lost weight, but yeah, here are the numbers. Like, just look at my my heart rate. Look at this. Look at that. Like I'm in a way better spot, especially prospecting. It's like, look at what the pipeline I'm building, right? I'm on day 10. I'm only at, you know, $5,200 compounding, but then you're going to experience that down the road. But in the moment, like it's so hard. Weight loss is a great example, right? Yeah. That's when we have, when we have an agent track their stuff and they can year, look at their year to date uh, tracker. It's, I don't know if there's anything more powerful than that to say, look how far you've come. Mm -hmm. Every time you get on a phone call and someone says, no, this is how much money you make. Yep. And they start to say, wow. Yeah. They can start to put their emotions aside and say, I have come a long way, which gives them the, the, the motivation to keep going.